Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach with the Jock and the Doc. Hi, I'm Scott Schutte. And I'm Dr. Janine Steister. And welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. We are here to disrupt some of the current thinking around how the fitness industry approaches clients. Our goal is to educate and inspire fitness professionals to get the results, income, hours, and career that they want and deserve. Our combined experience and education in psychology and fitness create a new insight on ways to become the ultimate coach. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Coach. I'm the Jock. This is the Doc. And today we're going to be talking about health coach, mindset coach, life coach. They're gaining lots of popularity, the pros and cons, and we're going to break that down. So Dr. J, kick it off. Like, What are the benefits of this? What do we have to be careful about when, when doing this? I love that we're talking more about habits. I love that we're talking more about mindset. And I love the fact that we are talking about coaching through life. In other words, there's so many facets to it. So I love those words. I love that we're talking about it. And the benefits, of course, is that uh, we know things like mindset. If you have a mindset that is um, more growth oriented or forward thinking and you're excited about what's to come, it's much easier to kind of get the momentum and, and move forward. It's exciting. It piques people's interest. So helping people with mindset and also not always looking at the negative types of things or how one describes themselves or um, a, a kind of a deterministic mindset of, you know, I'm getting older, I'm not going to move well, I'm always going to hurt or whatever it might be, right? We all have these different things that sometimes we can get stuck in. So I love all of that. And I like that people are increasingly feeling comfortable getting some support on some of those things. Habits as well, you know, we make it sound so easy to just get a habit, do something for two weeks and it's a habit. And I've talked about this before and I'll talk about it again, is that that's so not true. Uh, two weeks, my mind and my body are getting used to having the repetition of something, but it will not be a habit for an extensive period of time. And because a habit means automaticity. And so if it's truly a habit, I'm not actually even thinking or noticing it. And we can all think of habits that we have we wish you didn't have or somebody else didn't have. And sometimes when we point out habits to other people, they don't even notice it. Like, what do you mean? I don't do that because it's auto automatic. They're not even cognitively engaged in it. It's just automatic. That's a true habit. So all of these things are really important to talk about. The challenge with them is that they are part of a larger picture. And if we only focus on mindset, if we only focus on habit, we're really missing out on core, core aspects of it that will really ensure that people can execute and they will have success. And what we don't want to do is talk to people about habit, tell them like, hey, here's a good habit. You need to create a power list every day. These are the things you're going to get done and that is the best thing to do and you have to do it. Well, if I hate writing things down, if I don't like too much structure in my life, if I'm kind of uh, flighty and I'll lose my list or forget to write it one morning or just kind of whatever it is, that may not be a good habit for me and it may not have anything to do with the goals that I want. So we really have to sit there and do what we've talked about before is like goal clarification. What's your current goal? And the other thing is, is that we don't have to master every habit or every health thing or life type of thing or mindset. But if we really think about what I want to do, where I want to go, and then how does mindset fit into that? what behaviors are going to support that goal that I can actually do in my environment 
And then how can I start building a habit, one habit at a time, as opposed to overhauling my life for 30 days, cutting out all certain foods and activities and doing nothing. I'm not building any habits. All I'm doing is testing my tolerance and, and my ability to do something for an extended period of time, which is then again why when we're done, we tend to revert back. So again, I'm all for these things, but and the other quick part about this too is all of these things are built on a really strong foundation of psychology, behavior science. And as with anything, if we just pull out one piece, it's kind of like nutrition. Eating more broccoli in and of itself is not going to get someone a 20 pound weight loss or a better muscle tissue or any of those kind of things. It can be part of a healthy diet and, um, and longevity and things like that. But in and of itself, just, just eat more broccoli and magic will happen. We know that's not how it works. The same thing is this with some of these type of uh, very narrow types of coaching or perspectives that we're focusing on. And so really what this brings up and what I think about is, 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 is kind of this pendulum swing. Like there's people that are just learning macros and calories and that is good for uh, losing weight and body fat if you can follow that to a T. And what we're seeing is the majority of the people don't do well with that. So if we have some habits with that, the other swing over here, um, that can get people in better habits of doing this more long-term. The problem is if we also don't have the understanding of the nutrition that goes along with this. And, and like Dr. J said, like I'm also excited about more people doing this and I think it's a piece of a much bigger puzzle. Because ultimately I can get someone to change their habits and say, and, and here's a real world example of someone that's came in and they're eating paleo. And so that they changed up the way they eat, their habits are better, they're eating paleo, but they're putting on weight. Well, when I broke down what they were doing throughout the day, they were doing a, a bag of nuts, which with my calculations was about 1600 extra calories from that bag of nuts that they were doing today. So they were in a calorie surplus. So they did a good job hat changing their habits. It just might not have been the best habits for them. So we gotta sometimes take a step back and look at this overall picture. We talk a lot about this. That goal clarification is very big. Um, that making those small steps and, and monitoring that because we wanna help people train in the right way. Now, again, we are also trying to educate people that's more than just weight loss. It's about feeling good. It's about being confident. It's about being able to do the things you wanna do. And habits are a piece of that. But we also have to have this understanding of of overall movement, exercise, and program design, and, and nutrition, if, if that's the realm we're in. If we are trainers, we are coaches working with people, we also have to have that. Another side note of this too, if, if I've also heard this complaint from people doing this, is like um, people aren't, uh, you know, they're calling themselves habit coaches, but they're struggling to cl get clients. Well, ultimately, uh, the, the clients care more about the end result than they do the process of actually how to get there. Habits are super important. We have to do that. Um, being at a calorie deficit is super important if we're wanting weight loss, but that doesn't mean I need someone to track all the calories or we need to talk about calories every time. We got to understand that there's, there's certain words that, that clientele are going to be using and we got to know those certain ones to use back to them. One for marketing to get them in and two just for clarification because ultimately they care about is what's the best plan for them from get from plan A to plan B of what their goals are. So Dr. J, anything to add to that? Yeah. I I think some of it's just also those nuances of, let's take mindset for an example. If, if you want someone to have a mindset of, you know, yes, they can achieve some of the goals that they want, they're stronger, they're more able, 
uh, than they think they are. And, and oftentimes people don't have a good sense of what they're capable or I always talk about this, the, the stories that we tell ourselves. So we have our own personal narratives and some of them are very useful and, and positive and others of them sort of slow us down, debilitate us to some degree um, and just create challenges. So I can have a long conversation with somebody about their mindset. And if they say, well, when I go out with my friends, you know, a lot of them are saying like, oh, come on, have a drink or you're no fun or whatever. And I can talk to somebody about like, hey, just ignore that, you know what you're doing, you whatever. But if those relationships are long-standing or I value what those people say to me or they have some weight in my life, you talking to me about just shifting my mindset, we're going to constantly be stuck there. And then again, it's one more thing. Well, I, I'm not good at thinking about this or I'm not doing this well. And the reality is what we have to do is understand relationships. What kind of relationships are important to people? What relationships do they currently have in their lives? What kind of relationships or influences might they want to add to help that? And that can help snowball the mindset. There's tons of examples, but my basic point on this is that if this is something that you're excited about and you want to work on with clients, that's fabulous. But make sure, just like with anything else that you're doing, that you're continuing to learn and grow in your understanding that a basis of some behavior science and psychology on how this stuff works is going to take you so much further in these and give you more tools and more understanding. And this is why we actually created a assessment we call the healthy behavior assessment that takes the 10 categories of fitness and breaks it down for people where they can rate where they're at and where they want to be at 12 weeks. And then we prioritize their top physical and their top lifestyle. So for example, uh, it might be this month we are focusing on mindset. So it might be something that we're talking about a, you know, a five minute journal, which is a big fan of it's, it's two and a half minutes journal in the morning, two and a half minutes journal in the evening. It's talking about things that you're looking forward to. It talks about things that are positive because mindset is something that we need to slowly implement in there. So that's the strategy for that. Then the next month when they do that assessment again, it might be nutrition that pops up. And now again, all these have to line up with their original goal of what they're coming in for. But then it kind of gives us a category of focusing on one thing at a time because this can be very overwhelming. So many people come in, they, they work, they have family you have to deal with. They're, they're not professional athletes or bodybuilders or whatever it is. They, they have life. And so if we can give them just one thing to focus on and improve on, and then we can, we can adjust that each month depending on what they're really needing, like they can get a ton of benefit. We can be an effective coach and overall everybody wins in that situation. So really uh, the big takeaway here, the, the mindset, the, the health coach, the, all these different kind of smaller facets of, of education in these fields are awesome. We're a big fan of them. We just got to understand that they're just a piece of the bigger puzzle. And to really make a long-term effective change, we need to know uh, many of the different pieces so we can be an effective coach. So until next time.